Welcome to the SYA podcast, giving you teachings from the young adult ministry of Shepherd Church, where it is our mission to lift up Christ that the world might believe. We meet every Thursday at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. For more info, go to wearesya.com. Hey, SYA, it is your friend, me, Idri. Adriana. If I haven't met you, my name is Adriana Cervantes. I work uh, with Shepherd Young Adults and people call me Adri. And they do it pretty quickly too. Like I'll be introduced as Adri and honestly, I don't mind. You can call me anything. People call me Brienne too. I actually respond to that because I'm the type of person that's like, I don't want to make you uncomfortable by telling you that you said my name wrong. <laughs> if you're out there, I know how you feel and it's okay but I am getting better at it. But yes, my name is Adri. Um, and I am here today to share with you guys a Christmas message. And before I get into it, um, I kind of just wanted to give some background to you guys because like anytime you come to a passage in the Bible, especially one that you've read before, um, the way that you approach the passage, the way that you approach the scripture changes the game and what I mean by that is basically I don't know how long ago this was and I don't even know who brought this up um who said it I don't know if it was a message so I can't take credit for this but I remember listening to someone talk about the presence of God and how important it was to not rush into the presence of God um you know to not be so hasty to grab whatever you need from the Bible, but instead come to it with a reverence, um, with patience. And simply what that means to me is when I read scripture, um, before I just like, you know, dive into the Bible and like turn open a page and be like, Lord, today you have for me, like, (laughs) instead of doing that, um, I quiet myself, I center myself, And, you know, it's not like anything like crazy supernatural happens. I just quiet myself. I center myself and I ask the spirit of God. I invite him into that moment, even though he's already there. I think it's important to invite him. So I invite the Holy Spirit into that moment. um, And I ask that the Holy Spirit would reveal to me something new or whatever he would have for me to glean from scripture that day. And that's what I did with the Christmas story this year, because... It's one that we've heard a lot, you know, Luke chapters one and two. Um, But I came to the scripture and I said, Lord, what is it that you want for me? And so basically this message is something that I felt like the Lord was encouraging me with. And I just wanted to encourage you guys with it. So as I was reading Luke chapters one and two, I felt like the Christmas story was marked by three things for me this year. First, radical submission, second, intentionality, and third, inclusion. So I have my notes right next to the camera. That's gonna, why I'm gonna be looking back and forth because I don't have this memorized. Hello? Um, so, okay. First, the Christmas story is marked by radical submission. So we know the story, right? Out of Luke chapters one and two, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary who was a virgin and engaged to be married to Joseph from the house of of David, which is very important. 
The angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And then proceeded to tell her the will of God for her that would change her life forever. He says, Don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You're going to conceive and bear a son that you shall call Jesus. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And after asking how this would happen since she was a virgin, the angel explains to her the, mir- the miracle that God would perform in her life. And then Mary says this unforgettable response. She says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Okay. It's easy to rush over that response because we might not understand contextually what Mary just agreed to. Like, aside from being the mother of Jesus, which that alone, I need a few days, right? Like, (laughs) can you come back? Just like three days, I just need to mull this over for a second. No, in the time and place that Mary lived, sorry, in the time and place, that Mary lived, a woman becoming pregnant outside of marriage, it wasn't only frowned upon, okay? Mary wasn't just risking her own reputation for the rest of her life. She was risking her actual life. You see, according to the law, Joseph could have had her killed in the street for becoming pregnant before they were married. So do you think that in that split second that Mary didn't consider what her yes could have meant? Like, do you think that in that split second that Mary might have considered that her yes might have meant her death? Like the reality of what her yes could have and in fact did cost her makes her response even more powerful and more beautiful. She said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Like I was talking to Jeff and Dusty about this today. And like, I said to them, like, I I don't know if I would have responded to God like that. Like there was no arguing or even addressing her concerns or that she could have died. Just, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And I read that and I'm shocked, but then I remembered something. In that moment, as she was probably wrestling with the cost, right? A moment that probably felt like forever, we've all had those. What made the difference was where she had her gaze set upon. Remember, in that moment, she's beholding the glory of God. Like right before her, heaven was literally touching earth. God had encountered her and she was looking at his glory. And all of a sudden, this all makes sense. Like the, it, Honestly, it makes sense because guys, when we look at the glory of God, when our eyes are set 
on the glory of God. The result is radical submission, the kind that does not make sense unless you have your focus on the glory of God. This story is marked by first radical submission. Next, the story is marked by intention. The story is marked by intention. Now I know, honestly, it's funny to use this word because if you read Luke chapters one and two, which I totally encourage you go on, go read it. If you read it, you know the story is a bit of a mess, right? Like suddenly they have to go be a part of a census on the day that Jesus happens to be born. Really like Mary about to burst, give birth, is traveling for up to seven days. And then on top of that, there's no room at the end. Jesus is born in a place for animals, a place of filth, like intentionality. Hmm, who, what? God chose that? Like none of this seems intentional from the outside, but it's absolutely God's MO. It's absolutely God's MO. Why did they have to go to the census on the day that Jesus was born, where there's no space for him? They end up in a place for animals. On the surface, it seems like if anything, political reasons determined where Jesus was born. But the ultimate cause of this is God. You see, God controls history. Jesus' birth was prophesied in the Old Testament right down to the place where he would be born. God is intentional. He used a census to guarantee that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem according to the Old Testament prophecy. And then Jesus, what? Being born in a place where animals lay, right? A place that seems so strange and yet a place that is easily accessible to shepherds whom God chose to reveal heaven's glory to. You see, as you tear the story apart, you begin to see the incredible intentionality of the father. God is an intentional God. He doesn't happen upon a path. He has a plan. And lastly, this story is marked by inclusion. The story is marked by inclusion. God is intentional about including people in something that he could have done all by himself. Honestly, God wrote a story in which he chose to rely on normal overlooked people. He chose to require their radical submission so that his glory might be revealed. God chooses to be with people, to leave his glory and choose them to participate in the glory of heaven. When God, God could glory in himself all on his own, guys. He doesn't need us. Like, I don't know if you've been reminded of that lately. I don't know if you've been like carrying that burden, like God needs me. He can accomplish it all on his own. Isn't that what Satan tempted Jesus with in the wilderness? Jesus, just throw yourself off the temple. Like, let everyone see what you are. What are you waiting for? But the heart of God, 
isn't and was never about power. It was always about connection and inclusion. He intentionally used the messiest, the ones who were overlooked, to participate in his glory. Like Mary, like the shepherds, and likewise, my friends, our lives with Jesus, they should be marked by these things. They should be marked by radical submission. Because like Mary, we have no idea who's on the other side of our yes. And like Mary, when our eyes are set on the glory of God, the result is radical submission. Our lives with Jesus, they're marked by intentionality. God is an intentional God, like I said before. He doesn't happen upon a path. He has a plan. And this has to be one of my favorite recent realizations about God. The idea that God has always been intentional with his people and he doesn't change. Therefore, God is intentional with us and God is intentional with you. It makes me feel so loved. The fact that I'm planned for, that God is intentional about his pursuit with me. And I know that there are situations that we may be in where all we see right now is the cost or the risk or the loss. But if our God hasn't changed, then don't think that God won't redeem those things for his glory too. It's kind of like his MO to twist a hopeless situation into heaven's glory. And lastly, our lives with Jesus are marked by inclusion. Guys, I know now, maybe I didn't know it all the time, maybe sometimes I still don't know it, but I know that I'm not needed in God's plan. That's the insanity of it all. I'm most definitely not needed. However, I am invited. And it, it kind of makes me think of any parent letting their child help them make cookies. You know the picture, you see the picture in your head right now. It would 100% be easier without the child, right? It would be a lot less messy. The parent most definitely doesn't need the child's help, but the parent invites the child to participate mess and all because they love them they want them to be part of the end result because they love them and guys we're all invited to the baking party mess and all god wants our hands in the dough and yes it will probably take twice as long 
And yes, there may be a lot of detours, but God wants us to participate in the glory of heaven alongside of him because he loves us. So this Christmas, guys, as you read the story or hear the story of Jesus's birth, ask the Lord, what is it that he wants to reveal to you from that story? Because he hasn't changed and he's still on the move in our own lives. Merry Christmas, SYA. Thanks for listening to the SYA podcast. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at we are SYA.